Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Ogunlana. And I'm Amisha Cross. So I am a big Dave Chappelle fan. So you're probably going to get some idea of what we're going to talk about. Dave Chappelle, Sticks and Stones. Uh, Everybody has an opinion. They either hate it, they may love it, they love to hate it. I don't know, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, And I think how he actually begins the comedy special really gives a lot of insight on what he's trying to do from my perspective. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Okay, look, if you haven't, if you have not seen the show, you should go see it. Go see it first. You can stop and then come back and, and then come back and then see our episode because you're going you're gonna to laugh even more, hopefully. So, look, uh, he starts off by actually talking to the audience and he goes through two different skits. I'm not going to go through the first, but the second one, and, I, and I'm not going to be nearly as funny because I'm not Dave Chappelle. Just, but he goes on and say, OK, if I do if, if I do anything wrong in my life ever at any time, it could be 15, 20, 50 years ago and I find out about it, I'm going to find out and I'm going to cancel everything you've ever done ever. He said, who am I talking about? Everyone's like, I'm talking about you. His whole, I think he wants to, his whole concept of why he did this show, I don't think it's because he believed everything he said. I'm sure he believed some of it. But I think his goal was just to get us to think and to not go into group think, to not react before even having the facts. And people that are, and it's, it's easy for us to say that, there are people who are progressive and, and they look at people that vote for Trump and like, how can, how can those people vote for people of somebody like Trump? How can they do something like that? And at the same time, overreact and not actually have all the facts when they react to something. See, cause it's easy to point out bias when it's someone else. It's much harder to do when it's yourself. I think that's what he was trying to challenge us on. That's what I think. That's my general impression, but I want to just actually go around and get you guys just general perspectives. And then I want to just talk about some issues that he actually spoke about. Cause I do think they are really important for us to consider. I'll let anybody have that. Well, it. no, I, I have to jump in on you, man, because uh, actually there's this quite a, you know, that's that's quite a projection that you give when you say you don't think that he believes the things that he says or all of the things that he says. He may believe them. Now, his point may still be what you're saying, but right. it's almost like a lot of times we see that in society where if you like somebody and they say something you don't necessarily aren't or you aren't crazy about, then we just say, oh, well, they don't really believe that's that. Fair. That's They're fair. just saying that. That's so fair. he may believe it. I mean, I don't want to think we should get into to litigating what he believes and what he doesn't. We know what he said. Now, that being said, um, I think, I mean, comedy and comedians are supposed to point out things like this in society. Like, then they're supposed to poke, he's poking fun at us. He's poking fun at all of us. Um, Now, he's a celebrity, so he may be a bit defensive of celebrity as, you know, like the the, the plight of celebrities, something that a lot of us may not feel because we're not celebrities, but that's in any, you know, if you're in any group, you know, you're going to be more uh, sensitive to their plight. But Overall, you know, I, I thought all of the reaction was overblown. It was good, you know, that, and that's really what I was looking for. It was funny, you know, and so it was inappropriate. But Dave Chappelle's been inappropriate the whole forever, time. Like, I, I don't know who comes to Dave Chappelle <laughs> looking for appropriate or or politically correct, you know. And so, and if he if he made fun of something that you hold dear, then you know, like that that's comedy. That's what happens. That, you know, I now it doesn't seem like it came from a bad place. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. But at the same time that's what you, that's what you go to comedy for, you know, like, so I, I thought it was, it, it met with my expectations. It was funny and it was provocative. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I'd agree with that. I know um, to, to James's point, um, I, 
I think that it has become very easy for the cancel culture to propagate. And it exists beyond just those who are um, A-list celebrities. We've seen it happen with those who have been charged, um, who've been charged as criminals. And whether they were actually guilty or not, after they've actually entered the system, people are like, okay, they're canceled from society. Like this is something that happens very easily when someone assumes that you have stepped over the line or you've done something they don't necessarily agree with either socially or, you know, culturally, whatever that thing happens to be. And I think that there is a problem because in many cases, um, particularly uh, I think to, um, to Dave Chappelle, it is that right now our country is under siege when it comes to free speech, it becomes very difficult for you to say something or express yourself and it not be taken as, um, now you're basically your career is over. Right, right. It, it doesn't matter. And there's no turning back. And we've seen this happen with old tweets that are being dug up from people when they tweeted something when they were in high school. Yeah. Well, you know, if you were around during social media's growth in high school um, or in college, you probably said something that you might not say today, 10, 15 years later. Um, and, and I do think that there is something to be said about um, us giving second chances, us understanding when people grow, but also really not moving as quickly to cancel people at the end of the day some things are just funny and it's just, it's not that serious right for comedians i think that you're always towing an interesting line because what may be funny to one person may all automatically seem offensive to another group um and we've seen particularly when it comes to lgbt jokes um we've seen a resonance around them in terms of hyper aggression and sensitivity that we haven't necessarily seen to other groups because i'll give it to people like dave Chappelle, eddie murphy and others they are equal opportunity comedians yeah they come after everybody. And um, we see a sparing squad come from this group that we don't necessarily see from the others. Yep. No. And, and you know, and if they weren't equal opportunity, they probably wouldn't be funny because then they have to be censored and they have to think about, well, who am I going to offend? And is this person going to be offended? That doesn't sound, that's not very, that's not very funny. Probably if you have to think about if you're going to offend somebody, you're probably not a good comedian. I don't know. So, you know, but uh, you know, speaking about the reactions though, of Let's actually talk, take the reactions of a lot of uh, black media, particularly. I, I know I think I think the root came out with a couple of stories and they were really they were really harsh. I mean, they were very, very harsh. And they just they, they basically said the only people that like this are people that like the Dave Chappelle show were people that were either just uh, horrible white people that are just racist. You know, the ultra ultra racist white people or black people or others who were who are not for trans rights or who are who are not friends of the LGBT community. I actually think that's that's ridiculous. I think it's a I think that's an easy way to just narrowly describe his performance without actually giving it any context, because I think he was equal opportunity. And I don't think that was a fair assessment. But there are a lot of people that were really, really, really hard on him, so much so that they actually proved his point. They went on to Rotten Tomatoes and everybody went on in droves and he got like zero percent. Like no one objectively could say he got that. You could say that that was zero percent rating for this show. It was a funny show and it certainly wasn't a zero percent, but he kind of, no, he didn't kind of, it kind of proved his point. Well, but, but everything isn't for everybody. Exactly. And so, and again, this is comedy. If he was out here as a politician saying these things, then you reject it, you exactly. know, but this is comedy. This is what, this is what it's supposed to be provocative. It's supposed, it's going to offend Dave Chappelle, like his shows, if you look in all of his comedy routines, if you want to take it hyper literally, you can say that's that very offensive to black folks. Yep. You know, and one of the, 
the points he made, you know, actually in the comedy special as far as how language can be more loose when referencing black folks than it can be when you're you're um you're referencing as he called it the alphabet people. And so and and like I just I, I don't think that if comedy is everybody thinks it's funny then I don't think that exists. You know, everything's not for everybody. Some people would prefer maybe, you know, the Ned Flanders style of, you know, of comedy where it's just very inoffensive and other people might find that boring and not provocative and not worth your time. And so, but everything's not, doesn't have to be for everybody. And comedy was designed to make us challenge supposed to be another look on what's happening in our popular culture. It's supposed to test religion. It's supposed to test the boundaries. That is what comedy was designed to do. So when you water it down or when you try to make it extremely PC, not only is it no longer funny, there is no longer a point in actually having the medium to begin with. It well, is- no, that's to you. That's to you. Like some people, some people may prefer the the PC, you know, like in where, where, where is- milk and laughs, you know, some people may perform that. Is that funny? It's not me. It's not, it's not just him. When I look at, when I look at like the redneck comedy, the get her done people and all of those folks at the end of the day they're making fun of trailer trash they're making fun of things that are occurring on in people in Appalachia things that are occurring about amongst people who have a great time drinking three dozen you know cans of Budweiser every night like they're (laughs) no you got to get more hip you got to get more hip to the corny comedy scene (laughs) like that's what it is that's the provider there's corny comedy out there if you want to find it you know Uh, I'm amazed Jimmy, that you brought up Ned Flanders. I'm still impressed. With yeah. that. that's, that's, I've been thinking about that for the last 30 seconds. Yeah, but what was, it, what, what was interesting about Dave Chappelle is that people on the right were, they were trying to adopt, some people were saying, oh, well, he helped save America. Like, he, I, this is what I mean, when I, I don't think he was saying, he was trying to defend certain positions. I don't think he was defending millionaires. I don't, I don't think that's what he was trying to do. I don't. And, and I think by the fact of the way he started the series showed that. So do I think he meant everything? Literally, no. Of course, that is my opinion. But I also think it's in context. You can, you can kind of tell that. People on the right may try to take some of what he said and say, oh, my gosh, look, he's, he's agreeing with us. I mean, not really. I, I think he's just trying to challenge part of it because there is some point that, listen, we have, and we can talk about the, let's actually talk about the Me Too moment. He said, I have a Me Too headache. That's what he said, his words, not mine. Uh, but he got into the fact that, you know, we are right now, uh, we do, we have just said, we have told some people, like, they've been convicted, they have to give up their careers before even going through due process. Like, we don't even, it, 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 the case could be true, but we're, what we're saying, as soon as somebody makes an accusation, and essentially there's another one, that person has to give up their job. That's it. Their whole career is over. Nothing else matters. I mean, and, 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 I, and I think that that has some legitimacy for us to say, let's at least pause and see, are we actually looking at this right? Or, or part of this, a part of our reaction is just actual groupthink. I, I think that's what he's trying to do. I don't know. Uh, man, like I said, you got the cape on strong, man, because like, I, I think he's authentic. I think he's authentic. I think he means it, but I don't think he may not mean it in a, in a, in a mean spirited way, but asking the question in a funny way of whether we've gone too far on this or gone too far on that. Hey, I mean, I, I, I don't think those questions are, are making fun in a, in a way of making fun of society makes him a bad person, but I, 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 I I don't think that's liberal or conservative. I think that there are certain conservatives and a lot of conservative groups who jumped on this and hailed it as, oh, you know, he's for free speech. He's here for us. He's anti-LGBT. He's anti-Me Too, Me Too movement. A lot of the things that he brought up in, in, in that um, 
in that comedy special are things that people talk about every day on both sides of the aisle. I don't think that he was out here trying to be the standard bearer for conservative politics at all. It's interesting, I think, that he has not come out and said anything against it. Then again, he hasn't addressed any of the um, any of the like side eye pieces or any of that related to it either. But to your point, Rob, um, a lot of conservative groups on college campuses, conservative groups at the national level, level conservative state-based conservative groups have jumped on this and are now saying, hey, we, we have someone who is technically one of us or someone who speaks like us. And I think that, you know, that may not have been the intent of, I, I absolutely don't think that that was the intent of the special at all. But I do think that when something like that happens, um, it, it gives you a little bit of an opportunity because on the one hand, a lot of people laughed at it who are not conservative by any exactly. means. Chappelle's fans probably aren't. All parties but, included. Yeah, most of his fans probably aren't. Yeah, there, there's a link there if, you know, there are certain things that you don't necessarily um, find extremely detrimental because there are people who don't believe that, you know, some, there are a lot of people who believe the Me Too movement has gone too far, especially in the case of due process. Not that they don't believe women or don't think that women should get their due when they are talking about or, you know, bringing up cases of sexual harassment. It is, again, going back to that cancel culture, the minute somebody says something now without any investigation whatsoever, we're getting rid of that person from society. I think that there's something to be said there. And that's not a conservative viewpoint. That is a human viewpoint. Yeah. That the more Correct. Yeah, that's that's kind of it kind of there's a there's a duality that people want to frame this in that because he questioned in any way, shape or form the the way that things have been operated. You know, let's say for the Me Too to uh, standpoint or Me Too, Me Too movement standpoint, the way it's been operated, not the the mission, but just the way things have been going because he questions that at all. Then. He, he's pro-conservative and that's not he, he was just questioning he's anti-woman or he's against women you know, I, think, I think that goes back to though everybody let's not everybody but a lot of people want to find you know the confirmation bias they want to find their topic in something so they're going to pull out and you know whatever they hear and justify and kind of lead it to justify their cause um because it reminds me that the reaction kind of reminds me of some of that reaction we saw when Kanye was embracing the president and certain conservatives were like, well, see, look at that. It's almost like he's a spokesperson. Um, but and I immediately also became a sellout that, to all black people, like a sellout. They forgot. He said, George Bush don't like I, black I people. Go ahead. I, I'm not going to go that far. What I'm just saying <laughs> some is black that people I, thought that though, the cancel culture, they're not used to seeing people that look like us, maybe just, just, saying something like what Dave Chappelle was saying, all of a sudden they they run to that and say, wow, look, see, even he says so. And, um, and I think that's kind of natural. Like we said, it happens on both sides, just like liberals might do the same thing if they see someone who's perceived as conservative. Joe Walsh. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe say, exactly. Joe Walsh or, or a Scaramucci, or if a conservative said something, you know, that, that liberals agreed with about climate change or something, I'm sure they point to that. But I think the Chappelle question is, is different in that, I don't like, first of all, I think Chappelle is kind of like Jon Stewart in the sense that, you know, the comedy itself points to some glaring realities, which kind of makes it funny and sad at the same time. But another thing that I thought of as we're talking here is like Chappelle has been the same guy for the last 20 years exactly. that we've been watching. I mean, that, that his show was so provocative when he had the Clayton Bigsby thing yep. with the Black Klansman yeah. and all that. Yeah. So is it that he's changed or is it that we're now at a point where yep. he, we're so hypersensitive that now this is the moment that everyone's looking at him? Like, wow, I, I, I think well, no, people, people seem to reject, people seem to reject 
people who think for themselves. Like, it's like, Hey, if you're on my side, then you need to agree with me on everything that I think. Right. And you can. So that's really what I see here. But that's is changed that, though. Hasn't that changed a little bit? The culture hyperpartisan. No, no, that's, that's, that's pretty normal that people want people to agree. No, but, but what I'm saying is, hold on, hold on, hold on. It makes it really quick. Partisan when Arsenio was doing it, they weren't calling it partisan when Eddie Murphy was doing it back. You know, when I, I did some retro, you know, respective look into a lot of these, a lot of the themes brought out in his comedy special, which were the exact same things that Arsenio was saying in what, 1992? Um, well, like, society's changed though since then though. Correct. That's you know, the point we're making. Society's changed since then. But, the, but, the, but conservatives have by and large always been against certain things and they weren't attacking, they, they weren't saying, okay, well, this guy's on our side then. Right. No, no, that's that's a fair point. Those ideals have remained the same. And and just for for the point of reference, uh, Joe Walsh and Scaramucci, those are two conservatives uh, or or people who have been on the right who recently have come out um, against Donald Trump. And so the reference there was only that that when they did that, then a lot of people on the left were jumping up and saying, hey, look at these guys. Look at these guys. Exactly. These guys are rational. So that was the the, the point of comparison. No, that's that's a good point. Uh, Another point he made I want to talk about. This is and when I say. I think he said things to challenge people. I'm going to put my cape back on as, as James said. So let me just put it back on and call myself. Go call ahead, out. Man, go ahead. There we go. All right. So, <laughs> so uh, he, I, when he was talking about issues, I think of gender, he talked about issues of gender, particularly with the LGBT community uh, and then kind of infused race. What, where I think he was going and where, and where I think he wanted to challenge us is that, you know, look, uh, there actually are no substantive difference in race. That is, that is a, social construct that people made for economic reasons. Gender is different. <laughs> like gender is not like we are equal. This is that I love you. I love for Misha to push back if I'm wrong or just tell me your perspective. I believe gender, we're equal. Men and women are. All I have to say is if a tire needs to be changed, I'm calling them one of y'all. <laughs> Well, no, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think you're saying gender roles. I think you're saying like biological gender, correct? Yes. That's oh, exactly okay, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yes. And, and that men, and men and women do have some difference. Like overall, there's actually differences across the board. And that's okay. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. The, the, the mistake people have made. He didn't say this, but he's not a, he's not a politician. He's not, he's, he's not analyzing issues. He's just going to make a joke, make it funny, make you think. That's it. Where I'm taking it from my Superman point of view is that he is challenging us to say, look, gender and race are not the same. Gender is not a social construct. Gender is different. You're like you play in the W. Well, gender roles, though, are social constructs in a lot of ways. Not always, but they yes, are. Yes, I mean, yes, yes. I agree. But, we're to, to, but he, the example he used was the WNBA and the NBA. Yeah. And yeah. that's accurate. Like, you know, it, that's accurate. I mean, thoughts. Well, I, I actually, I, the, the one that was more, the, the more of the gut punch to me was uh, when he, the, 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 when he questioned the limits of self-determination, uh, meaning he, he used the example of a person of, if he, if he told people and behaved in a stereotypical, if he behaved in a stereotypical way of someone of another race, and then when questioned on it, told people that he was, uh, that he felt that he was of that race and, and the, the comparison or the, 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 what he's, you know, using, making that as an analogy of, excuse me, is the, the, the self-determination that oftentimes happen when you, when you talk about, um, the, the L G B T Q, <laughs> I don't say that though, and so it doesn't roll off my tongue, but and I, th- I hope I said it correctly. You know, you, you, I was just you, you going did, off of memory, did. but the, the self-determination when it comes to that and the limits of that. And so, I mean, and that to me was, was a fair question, you know, now I, definitely support trying to be sensitive and trying to, um, 
be respectful and accommodating where possible in terms of society at large and people being able to to do what they want to do as long as they're not infringing the rights of other people um, but it's a good question to have there there is when you talk about restrooms that were only for a particular color skin that is a different question than when you're talking biological differences and so that's not to say that we need to treat people in in one a one size fits all standpoint, but it's just a more difficult question. And we have to come up with some way to accommodate and to make, to make everybody, make it work for everybody. Yep. It's interesting, Jimmy, cause we saw that. Remember that lady, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago, oh, I think her name yeah. was Dolezal. And all that. A black woman trapped in a white woman's body. Yes. I never thought of the analogy, actually, but you're right. Um, I guess society wasn't that welcoming of that example versus the gender one. But that's um, I guess we've seen it you know, already. And I, I just had a thought, too, that I think because Amisha touched on this, that we're like I think you said something, Amisha, at the beginning that we're kind of transitioning this culture and about privacy and how we can't expect high school kids who grew up with the social media stuff to never have any incidents going forward. And I think you're right, meaning incidents of, you know, like being embarrassed or something, because all of our lives are going to be on, um, on, on, on the web at some point. But I also feel that it's just an interesting um, look at this Chappelle thing, because at the end, it's like our labels are changing, right? Like, what is a conservative and what is a liberal today versus 30 years ago? And I think that part of the issue is, for example, I know people that consider themselves progressives that are 100 percent. They, they'll say, I'm very comfortable with the whole gay subject. I'm, I might not be gay, but I've got, you know, total openness to that. But I just don't understand this, this, this transgender thing. Because I've talked to people that they, they believe that someone is born gay or they're not born gay. But they kind of can't understand how someone can be born one way and in their mind think there's something else but still be attracted to the same group. So what I'm saying is it's yeah, not, yeah. I, I it's gotta, not I, to make fun of it. It's just saying. Today. I got I got hey, I, Rob and Amisha. Do you guys think that this friend of Toon Day's that he's talking to is really Toon Day? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Damn, no, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so let me, let me reverse back. You analyzed him so well. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, but the point is basically that, you know, I think the labels that we, that we grew up with, let's say, over the last few decades, they're also changing. And I think that goes back to the point you make about, with Amisa made as well, about 20, 30, 40 years ago, the conservative movement wasn't looking at black comedians and pointing out what they're saying and saying, yes, yeah, see. Because also, I think conservatives didn't feel they needed to do that to survive. And I think in today's world with the changing demographics, there there's kind of they're looking outside too, saying, hey, you know, we, we, we got to look around and make this tent a little bit bigger. Um, what, how they do that might be up to debate. But I think that just labels are changing in a way that maybe we didn't predict just five, 10 years ago. No, no, no. I mean, I actually completely agree. Um, so let's just hold on, Jimmy. I'm going to get those friends phone numbers. for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, you go find those. Should, me, myself, and I. That's probably, that's probably what it is. So. <laughs> so he talked about gun violence, too, and, and he brought it up in a way that black people talk about all the time. Every black man and person in America I know has said this joke one way or another. He just said it out loud for people to say. He said, so you know what we need to do to end all of this gun violence? You know what we have to do? We have to make sure every single black person is registered to get a firearm, right? That is something he said, look, he said that would end, that would end, that would end this whole debate and we, we'd see gun control the next day. He said that in a way because he was challenging a lot of things. He was also challenging the fact that, well, are we actually doing anything with all these shooter drills? Because the shooter's just gonna know what the drill is and just figure out how to kill people. I mean, he made a lot of good points in a way and tried to challenge how we actually look at this. And so uh, it, it actually want to get to what I think is the clapback of the week and just have a, have a conversation about that. So Ted Cruz, <clears throat> who, if you don't, I'm sure our listeners know who Ted Cruz is. He's a, he's a senator from Texas. He's very crazy. From my from, <laughs> Okay, maybe he isn't crazy. Sorry. I should, I should say a little more objectively. He's out there, eccentric, whatever. I, I, thought, that, I thought that was pretty objective. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so, you know, when there was another mass shooting this week, uh, you know, this one was in Texas. He he went out and just said, like, you know, look, we know that gun control doesn't work. And he went to the same line that conservatives love to do, some conservatives, because some conservatives actually believe in gun control. But what some like to do who are nuts about it say, oh, we know it doesn't work because look at Chicago. There's a whole bunch of, you know, the code there is a bunch of codes. Like, right, there are black people with a bunch of guns killing each other. So gun control won't work. You need guns to protect yourself from them. I'm projecting, but that's what I think he's doing. And of course, uh, the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot is a is a black woman, if you don't know who she is. And she responded like a sister, like a real sister would. You could tell she's a sister in this response. And I, I just have to read this. She said in a tweet, she clapped back at him, said, look, 60% of illegal firearms recovered in Chicago come from outside, mostly from states dominated, dominated by, by coward Republicans like you, who refuse to enact common sense gun legislation. So keep our names out your mouth. Boom, snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said, and, 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 and I do think he, you know, Dave Chappelle, by bringing this up, framed the racial tension that's also behind the gun debate. What are your thoughts? I think it's absolutely true. It, it, obviously, a native Chicagoan, it's, it's hurtful when you hear conservative after conservative, um, when they talk about the gun control debate, always throw shade at Chicago. Chicago and the state of Illinois is one state that is surrounded by five that do not have gun control legislation. So at the end of the day, yes, there are trucks, loads of trucks that come into the state and there are people who can literally go across the state and buy and buy those guns and bring them right back into the state, right into the state of Illinois and into the city of Chicago. So it's extremely damaging when you hear that rhetoric over and over again, but also it doesn't take into consideration everything else that makes Chicago a hotbed of violence with the high unemployment numbers, with the high school dropout rate, with the high level of poverty. It, it's just really disparaging that that's, that's the motive. Um, to, to the new mayor, you know, more power to her. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan. I don't think that she's a great legislator by any means. I was good. She got a good clap back. I'm a very good friend of her communications director who actually wrote that clap back for her. So it is <laughs> saying. Well, let me, let me jump in because I think we alluded this on another discussion we had on a different show that, and, and I'll ask the audience to take out the Google machine that's in their phone. And the Google because machine. I'm, I'm really tired old. of the Chicago You're thing. Old, dog. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, the Google machine and, and just type in most dangerous cities in America and search and you'll find that every website, because I've checked multiple sites, 
Chicago is ranked between 20th and 25th. And the, the top most dangerous cities in the United States, and this is where it gets political, um, happen to be in red controlled, you know, um, uh, GOP controlled uh, districts or cities where the mayor is, is, is GOP. So it goes back to politics, right? Obviously, I don't think that um, conservatives will call out their own who are overseeing violent cities. Um, and then to your point, Amisha, it's a great point you make about the way that Illinois is surrounded by all these other states. And I think this comes back to what we talked about a little bit earlier about this confirmation bias in today's uh, politics and media landscape, which is, and this is what I get tired of, it's like we could yell all that from the mountaintops. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. These people are gonna believe what they wanna believe. They wanna believe that a bunch of black people are in an urban jungle, just not killing each other because we have no morals and all that, then that's what they're going to believe. And we can sit here with all the studies about all these other states and this trafficking of guns in and out of a state like Chicago. And that's why at the end of the day, um, you know, people just got to move forward and, and try and put something on, uh, on the table that can make you this whole situation push. better and not try and negotiate this all the time. You have to push back also, though. I mean, yeah. I think I was waiting for you to drop that, you know, that, that, that nugget in because I knew it was coming um, as far as Chicago being, you know, in the around 30th as far as the most dangerous cities, not even facts, at the top. Facts, facts, little facts getting away, but go ahead. Yeah, but no, that's Tunde's, Tunde, I, I definitely was, was waiting. I wasn't going to say it. I knew it was coming, you know, so that was good. I'm glad he got it in. But like, it's meant to invoke. It's not meant to be a factual thing. It's meant to invoke a certain That's my point. It's, it's yeah, yeah. And confirmation so, bias. They believe we're a bunch of monkeys in the jungle. Well, there's an emotional aspect too, though. It's like, that's, you know, that's where right. Obama's from. Like, there's just, there, there's a view that's been cultivated of Chicago. It's no different than the way the, the welfare queen was put up there. You know, even if you look at the numbers and pull out your calculator, it's like, oh, well, that's kind of silly. But that invokes it connects with an emotion or a feeling that you already want confirmation of and so that's where chicago comes in there is it represents something or it's been set up to represent something amongst the people that he's talking to and as you point out they're not going to let you know facts get in the way of that they they want that feel good it's not my problem it's not me that's creating all this issue it's these other people and so and these other people that are distant me forget you know poverty and how that can commute or contributes to it um and then yeah misha that was an amazing point as far as like yeah chicago's sitting in the middle of all of these places where people can go get guns easier than they can get you know chewing gum and so you know it's like you know wow you know that's that's kind of a, a quite a mixture there you know where it's 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 we take that plus all the poverty plus all the people, you know, like sometimes it's an urban thing too, where you have put that many people together in one place, then there's going to be more people that fly off the handle faster. Another thing people don't necessarily understand. I'm like, Chicago is bigger than the majority of American cities. And in some instances, the city is almost bigger than some states. Yeah. Like, they're all packed in. Exactly. There has to be a recognition that um, to Tunde's point, yes, there's a reason why they rank a whole lot lower in terms of that, those top cities for gun violence. Because it also takes into consideration the the ratio of individuals who live in a certain block. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that aren't killing anybody. A lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people aren't doing anything. Wrong. anything. Yeah, the vast majority are doing it. But yeah. what's what's so interesting is that the internet, and we'll talk about this on our on, on our next episode with the great hack. But I do want to say the internet's goal. Maybe it wasn't its goal, but the, the 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 platform was to connect us. And in some ways, it's just made people more divided because people still have made up images. Like you could just see Chicago 
and say, oh, that's what's wrong with America. And you just get that over and over and over and over again, if that's what you want to believe. If you hit like. If you hit like. That's all you'll see. Yep, you're going to get it again, and you're going to get it again. And, you know, and now they're going to, and then I want to move off the subject, you know, crazy Ted. He actually now is, is now actually focused on saying, well, now we know that God wants us to have guns. He's now using the Bible, by the way. This just came out today. Yeah, this happened. This is just new. This just happened, right? He's saying, like, this is biblically based that you're supposed to have guns. By the way, this actually goes back to race, too. It goes back to people say, you know, praise the Lord, pass the ammunition. And uh, you know <laughs> bring it all, back. Like, there's so much Christianity, man, and so little Christ. Like, <laughs> religion, how... Like so many people with that are Christian ignore the teachings of Christ in so many ways, you know, whether it's how you treat other people, how you treat people that you disagree with, like, and now it's guns, like where in the world, like it, it, I'm sure it wasn't something Christ said that he's citing, he's citing something else. And There's so, been a argument for all type carrying all, all I cited Ted Cruz. <laughs> the Bible's a big book, you know, but if you look, if you're a follower of Christ, there's actually much narrower set of teachings than it. He didn't go into it, which you need to do with shellfish and and all this other stuff. I'm going to read my constitution. Sorry, fellas <laughs> and Amisha. First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Okay, but they I don't think, care. I think, I think the founding fathers got it right, and that's why they separated church and state, because once you start leading with religion, you get all kinds of... You can say anything. You yeah. can say anything. Exactly. To yep. justify, because I'm sure we could all sit there and read the Bible and find thousands of passages that talk about peace and talk about loving thy neighbor and talk about helping the downtrodden. And he, he chooses not to pick those verses. So, no, no, I mean, well, not, but my point is actually more narrow than that. I'm saying that if you look at the, 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 the words and, and teachings of Christ himself, that you don't find any of that stuff. You don't find any of the stuff that these guys that he's talking about or anything like it, it. He has to go other places. And that's just interesting for somebody who calls himself a Christian, a follower of Christ. Well, uh, as Gandhi said, I said, you know, I love your Christ. Your Christian is not so much. So that's what he's. <laughs> <laughs> so, but so. So, no, but speaking about woke culture and I kind of want to go back to that. Jesse Smollett, we got to talk about that. And we got to talk about what Dave <laughs> I was very happy with Dave Chappelle on that subject. <laughs> no, we actually talked about this on this show. And so look, we were planning, we, we, James, we discussed, we were playing, we were saying, are we going to talk about this issue when it first, when it, the story first came out and we both paused and said, nah, I don't know. It's just like <laughs> the exact thing he says. Let this breathe a little bit. Yeah. Cause <laughs> Let's I, just see what happens. Yeah. Cause we're like, it's just, it just doesn't, it just feels like, you know, this is, this is a situation where like he, every box was checked and like, he's, it just looked too, too perfect of a victim. I mean, it just didn't, it didn't feel right. The story didn't mesh and he was right. Like half of us, cause he, all of us, uh, some people did want to believe him, especially a lot of younger black folks too. I'm with you, Amisha. I see the face. I see the, I wasn't there though. I was, I was suspicious, but some people, cause I even, I, I remember having this conversation with some of my friends. I said, I don't know. And I got attacked. It was like, what do you mean? Do you not support him? Why? Is it because he's gay? I said, no, it's not because he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's lying. Wow. Cause I think he's lying. Yeah, wow. Most <laughs> like, unbelievable story I've ever heard. That's right? why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was lying. And I, and you know, we look right. He still hasn't admitted but he, I mean, does anybody now believe that he wasn't lying? <laughs> I'm sure somebody believes he wasn't lying. But well, yeah. I mean, I, will, I, I, I wanted to believe him. I, lie. I wanted to, I believe, wanted him to believe him. You know, like, I, I wish I could, but I, I think, no, I mean, if you, 
Again, I don't know how many of y'all, well, you live in the Midwest, Rob, have lived in the Midwest. No, I've lived in the Midwest. It's negative 25 degrees on that day. I know. <laughs> Enough to figure out, especially walking to a subway. Like, yeah, no. That was what I told my wife, I remember, because I don't watch Empire, so I had no idea who this guy was. <laughs> and she was all you, over. Uh, like, yeah, you, you you old dog. I, I told her, I said, hold on, you're telling me in Chicago in a January, which is the coldest place in the world, uh, you know, Chicago in January, I said, you're telling me at 2 a.m. there was two white guys with MAGA hats in the middle of downtown Chicago walking around with rope and going to go find a guy who's not even like world famous. Like I wouldn't recognize this guy if I saw him, you know, right next to me. And I just did the whole thing didn't sound right. And then he gets interviewed and he's got no rope burns on his neck. And he said that they put the rope around his neck. And, and the best part, that's why I was laughing when Dave said it, that then the two guys who were perpetrators are as black as they come. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Jesse, Jesse owes a, uh, uh, he definitely owes an apology to young white dudes with MAGA hats walking around cities. Well, yeah, that's, he, make, he makes them a martyr in that sense, you know, falsely <laughs> accused. But I mean, and I'll say, honestly, like I, when I hear that, I want to believe him in the sense that if, if something happened to him, it'd be like, oh man, I don't want to be the one calling him. But yeah, that's, that's where you have to separate. And this is what you wish yeah. happens in society more. You separate what you would like to believe, what fits your outlook or your view with how people are treating other people with, okay, that doesn't sound right. Like we have just this week, someone saying that the hurricane was going to Alabama and then not nobody says the hurricane is going to Alabama. And so they alter a map to, to make it look like the, the, that the map says the hurricane is going to, and it's like, look, man, I know you want to believe something, but at a certain point you have to step back and say, you know what? That's, that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't pass the smell test. And so that, that's a discipline. We're trying with that little Sharpie thing. That was- <laughs> oh man. That's bold, man. It wasn't even the same color as the rest of the lines. <laughs> no, no, but on, on the uh, on the Smollett thing, though, the one thing that that I th- I thought was, um, was sad in the long run is that there are gay people that suffer, you know, yeah, yes. discriminated, and this guy, and like, there are black folks that have been targeted. Hate crimes are up. I mean, and, yeah, and, and, like, and the like, effect of what's real. happening in the White House is real, having a real effect. And this guy, yeah, takes advantage. I feel because well, no, he's it's, it's actually this dishonors. This directly dishonors Emmett Till and any other people who have actually been attacked and and some people lost their lives. This dishonors them. You know, it's an affront to them. But but what makes it even worse is is that it it was all because the guy was complaining that he's only making $65,000 a show. I mean, like, that's what makes it to me even more like the I guy. Hope, is, I hope I have that issue. I, about I, I'll too. tell you this, man. I don't know any reason that would be any better. No, I mean, I'm not saying, what I'm saying doing is it for though, money, doing it for notoriety, doing it for whatever. It's all bad. I'm not saying that there's a, probably a reason that I would think is fair. I'm just saying that it, it shows you how much in a different stratosphere this guy is living from everyone else. I mean, the average salary in the United States right now is 51000 a year. Yep. But this I, guy per show is making more than the average American makes per year and he's got to be American family. We're talking about families of at least three people. So yes. Yeah, no. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so, so the fact that he would go through this massive orchestration and my thing is instead of just go get an acting coach and get better at your skill, like <laughs> why, why do all this to try and make more money when you could just, you obviously got your foot in the door and a, and a good show, just get better network, go, go meet better people, you know, rise up the ladder like everyone else. But, so I, but that's why I think, that, that's what I mean by that's yeah. what makes it worse, right? Is that he's already in an area of privilege where 
he, he could have just focused and used his talent to get better, but instead he, he wanted to do this. And now it's all gone. Right, exactly. Yeah. Nobody's calling him to do anything. No, no. I, I guess there was collusion with him. So, and then, and then oh, Nigeria. boo, that was a bad joke. <laughs> all right, so, no, you know, as we close, I think the lesson... The, that the, needs to be on your trailer. <laughs> <laughs> it was him and the Nigerians. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think the lesson for all of us, and Jesse Smollett is the highlight I think that uh, that we can use for the Dave Chappelle show it's it, there, there's a lesson for woke folks I consider myself woke but but some of y'all a little too woke right you know you're so woke it's, it's affecting your brain you need sleep like think before we react to some of this stuff and it's, it's tempting to do it but at least go through a due process challenge have the other side of it at least and sometimes there isn't sometimes there is another side progressives can be wrong too progressives are wrong often too just as much as conservatives are. And I think we can't accuse the the others, the other side sometimes of being intolerant when we just react and don't allow ourselves to be objective in our thought process. That's what I think we need to bring away from this. That's what I take from the Chappelle show, putting my cape back on, as James says, <laughs> or, or however you want to say it. I just think that's what it really means to be woke. To be woke is to be aware, is to be self-conscious of your own flaws, not just others. So stay woke if you want to stay free. Eternal vigilance is always the price of freedom. I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Wanlana. And I'm Amisha Cross. And we'll see you next time. Come on.